<laughs> I'm a grateful believer in Jesus. By the grace of God, I am no longer a slave to depression, anxiety, codependency, and insecurities, and I continue to experience healing from an abusive relationship, and my name is Stephanie. <laughs> I grew up in a non-Christian home. To give you a little glimpse into my background, I'm a daddy's girl. I've been a shy, introverted person for as long as I can remember. I've always been a people pleaser and try my best to keep the peace. I spent most of my childhood years at my nan's with my aunt, uncle, and two cousins. My aunt was like a second mother to me. She introduced me to art at a young age and many things that shaped me into the person I am today. I also grew up in a broken home. From the ages of seven to 14, my parents would separate for a few months every second year. My mom would take my brothers and I away from my father, not knowing when we'd see him next. Being a daddy's girl, this would break my heart. I can remember sitting at my nan's place during these seasons, sobbing, because of the thought of my dad spending Christmas and holidays without his children. This is when the resentment towards my mother started to grow. I never saw my parents show any sort of love towards each other. My brothers and I were always in the middle of their arguments, and we never grew up seeing what love looked like or what healthy relationships or marriage looks like. I did grow up with my father bringing me to a Catholic church, but I never knew God or had a relationship with him. My time spent at my nan's were the only times I'd hear about God's love and power. To this day, I cannot thank them enough for their continued prayer throughout my life and their consistent and unending love, no matter how far away from them I grew. 2007 was a bad year for my whole family. My grandfather had passed away, my parents had started to separate, and I was severely depressed. During this time, I started to date. I know it sounds crazy, but the, at the age of 13, I was in a physically abusive relationship with someone two years older than me. His home life wasn't good, and by the age of 14, my mom had invited this boy into her home to live with us, knowing he was physically abusive. She hid this from my father. Parents are supposed to make you feel safe. They aren't supposed to, they are supposed to protect you, but I didn't feel that. Eventually, he moved back home, but those memories still haunted me. This is when I started to develop deep insecurities, depression, and suicidal thoughts. Finally, in 2008, my parents went their separate ways for good. My mother gave my father a reason to leave. After seeing and being old enough to understand the gruesome details of this split, I made the decision to stay with my dad. My middle brother chose to split custody, and my baby brother was too young to decide, so he stayed with the more stable parent, which was my father. My mother left my very first day of high school. I remember her picking, packing up her van as I was leaving for the bus, not knowing when I would see her again or even when I'd want to see her again. I had so much hatred and anger in my heart towards her. I did not think I would ever get over it. Eventually, I stopped putting effort into hating her as an attempt to keep the peace. For the next few years after this, I helped my dad raise my two brothers. As I started high school, my love for art grew. I always felt a little different from others around me. I felt things and emotions very deeply. I would put this into my artwork or poetry. I was the same shy, introverted girl, but topped off with depression, anxiety, and deep-rooted insecurities. I had dreams to go to a fine arts college and pursue art as a career. I didn't care if I ended up poor or rich as long as I was happy making my art. I put effort into taking the steps to build my portfolio so I could get into an art college. But as I got closer to my graduation, the more my dad pushed me away from my passion. He told me numerous times that I would fail, that I wasn't good enough to get anywhere in life with my art. Looking back, I know that in some strange way, this was him trying to communicate that he wanted what was best for me, that he didn't want, me, want to see me fail, 
but during that time, it never felt like it. I spent so many years of my life trying to get his approval, trying to make him proud of me, yet this always seemed so impossible. As an attempt to make my father proud, I put aside my dreams of being an artist and applied for UMBSJ, only to fail miserably and end up dropping out. I carried so much resentment towards him for this. While my love for art grew, so did my love for boys. I was in and out of relationships, trying to fill this void inside of me. Trying to get their approval, it'd be good enough, and would have my world shattered when they would cheat or leave me. My senior year, I started dating a boy. Two months later, he was in a serious car accident. He was fighting for his life in a coma, and the doctors didn't know if he would make it. This was the only time in my life leading up to this point that I can vividly remember calling out to God and praying. His family and I were told time and time again that his survival was nothing but a miracle. He, by the grace of God, made a full recovery after a few years. After these years, our relationship came to an end and I was left feeling more empty and insecure than before. This was a theme for me, constantly trying to fill this void with someone or something. One relationship would end and I'd be on to the next out of fear of being alone. My constant anxiety and intense insecurities left me feeling inadequate and unworthy of love. After high school, I met a man who constantly belittled my faith. I had absolutely no foundation to stand on. Eventually, after many debates, I chose to live life as an atheist. This is when my life started to spiral. Our relationship came to an end a little after that, and this is when I started to drink heavily. I was 19 and spent four to five days a week under the influence. I started to spend most of my time with toxic people and turned my back on family and friends that cared about me. A lot happened between the ages of 19 to 22. To spare you some gruesome details and sum it all up, I drank heavily, put my self-worth in others, I had been taken advantage of by friends and taken advantage of my friends, raped by somebody I trusted, and I hurt a lot of people with my destructive behaviors. Now that I'm a mother, I can't imagine how my mother felt when she would wake up to me, passed out in my own puke from drinking so heavily the night before. As dark as these moments got, they weren't enough to keep me from falling back to the same destructive behaviors. I was spiraling and I wouldn't let anyone in or close enough to stop me. In 2015, I started traveling for work. I worked 82-hour weeks away from home for months at a time. I thought this would get me back in line, that if I focused on my work, I could better myself. I thought my job could fill the void that I had been longing to fill. Yet again, I was only left disappointed. While on the road in Halifax, I met a man, continuing with my theme here. Once the job ended there, I chose to stay in Halifax. Without even going home to see my family or say goodbye, we quickly moved in together. I was so messed up from my past relationship and my idea of what a relationship looked like. I brought so many unhealthy habits and insecurities into this relationship, and so did he. Four months in, this became a verbally abusive relationship. I was never good enough. I never wore enough makeup. I was never skinny enough. I was never pretty enough. I was never enough. But I stayed. I constantly tried to be what he wanted and only ended up more lost and broken when I didn't measure up to what he wanted me to be. Six months in, he started to cheat. By this point, I was lost, so lost and terrified of being alone that I wouldn't leave. I normalized his cheating and our toxic behavior towards each other. I told myself, well, at least he doesn't beat me, and that is how I justified staying. I hid the troubles of my relationship from my family. My dad used to visit and he would cry just looking at me, seeing how underweight and miserable I looked. I was skin and bone and still trying to lose more weight to be skinny enough to get my boyfriend's attention. The stress was eating me alive. Over the span of my life, I had a lot of low points. This, for me, was the lowest. I felt like I had let my family down, 
I was away from my brothers, unable to be there for them. I'm unable to love them and care for them in their times of need. I abandoned my family and friends and all for what? This manipulative, verbally abusive relationship. I hated myself so intensely, it was too much to bear. I saw no light, I saw no hope, I saw no future. It was in the fall of 2016 that I truly wanted to end my life. This season was just way too hard. I had beat myself up way too much to keep going. I was numb and I just wanted it all to end. I started to cry out to a God that I didn't even believe in. I would spend night after night crying out. Then on November 7th, 2016, I found out I was pregnant. This was my light in what felt like a season of constant darkness. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. 1 Corinthians 10.13 I had a high-risk pregnancy and many scares that the little boy growing inside me wouldn't make it. But despite all odds, he fought through it all. I knew in my heart that something greater than me, some sort of higher power, was showing me that I had a reason to keep fighting. So I did. During this time, my relationship with his father continued to fall apart. I was determined to stick it out and make it work because he was the father of my soon-to-be son. I had hoped that if I had a child with this man that things would get better. I thought that starting a family would fill this void that I'd been longing to fill. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. John 1.5 Near the end of my pregnancy, my son's father and I moved in with members of his family who were Christians. They took us in with loving arms, knowing the dysfunction we had in our relationship. They showed us the love, forgiveness, and grace of God. This is where everything started to make sense to me. We got involved in a church in Cole Harbor, and I met some amazing people who helped me grow in my relationship with God. They helped me understand God's love for me, and they led me to him. I had honestly thought that I would catch on fire walking into a church after everything I had done leading up to this point. But the love that I felt from the moment I walked in those doors was overwhelming. I would cry every time I went there and listened to a sermon or sang along with the worship music. I would cry. Then it was explained to me that this was the Holy Spirit working through me. In that church, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and my life has never been the same since. June 17, 2017, my son was born. This filled in so many blanks for me. It helped me understand who God was and how much he loves us. The love that I have for my son is so overwhelming and to know that God loves us more than I love my own son floods me with emotions. I had been baptized as a baby, but in April of 2018, I finally made the choice as an adult to get baptized after white knuckling it for so long. I'd like to say that my life magically got easier since then, but that wouldn't be the truth. As I've already mentioned, I struggled with my son's father for years before my son was born, and I struggled with him for years after my son was born. It wasn't until our relationship had ended that things became physically abusive. The anger, resentment, frustration, and hatred finally blew up and came out in the form of abuse. I can't say that I was totally innocent in this because I did fight back. The first time this happened, I was in disbelief. Walking outside of our apartment building, picking up my clothes and belongings off the front lawn, sobbing, wondering how on earth did I get here. The next time he physically abused me, I had my son in my arms. My son let out the most heartbreaking scream, and that scream was everything I needed to snap out of it. Once again, my gift from God, also known as my son, saved my life. I knew what I had to do wouldn't be easy, but I knew I had God on my side. I wore the shame of letting my son experience and witness our dysfunction like it was my identity. 
I was so heartbroken for what he had already gone through in the first few years of his life. He was traumatized and I could see it through his behavior. This drove me to dig deeper and change my actions. I found personal accountability to hold me accountable for my tolerance of what my son's father put me through. The next time he reached out to hurt me, I called 911. No charges were ever placed, but that was a turning point for me, a new beginning. I continued my life with my son as a single mom with her heart set on Jesus. I leaned on the Lord for my strength to get me through these tough times on my own. I started speaking God's truth into my life through these times on my own, digging into his word and surrounding myself with fellow believers who filled me up and helped me grow in my walk. March of 2019, I started attending CR regularly. I know we might use the term forever family often, but that's exactly what I found. An incredible family who accepts me as I am and loves me as I am. It is here that that I got connected with an amazing group of young adults who love and accept my son and I without hesitation. Fall of 2019, I started the step study program with an amazing group of women. The questions, share time, and prayer that happened in this group freed me from so many things that I kept buried deep inside. Working through my inventory and humbly asking the Lord to remove my shortcomings were two steps that changed my life. Focusing on my actions and wrongdoings, confronting them and being open and honest about them with God and someone I trusted truly set me free. I was able to move forward from my past and no longer let my sin and shame define me. I am very much an overthinker with the past that I have and tend to bottle it up and let it eat away at me. Never wanting to burden someone with my issues or feelings, but as I worked through the steps and applied them to my life, I was truly able to open up and set those thoughts and feelings free, leaving space for God to work within me and transform me. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many. Genesis 50, 20. The changes God has made in my relationships with others is incredible. Never in a million years would I have imagined that I would be able to move past my resentment, anger, and bitterness towards my son's father, my parents, or myself. But through the grace, strength, and power of the Lord, I've been able to forgive my son's father. I've been able to forgive my parents for the trauma I experienced as a child. I have even grown to accept that I am forgiven and forgive myself. I no longer hold unrealistic expectations or any expectations at all for the people in my life. Yes, I do get angry or upset, but now, as I grow in my relationship with the Lord, I am more self-aware of my own actions and destructive behaviors. I can identify them without acting on them, pray about it, and hand it over to God. We love each other because he first loved us. 1 John 4.19 My old life was a very destructive life, where my insecurities, depression, and anxiety swallowed me whole most days. I had no relationship with the Lord, and I put destructive, toxic people in the center of my life. I constantly chose substance or toxic people over my family and friends that cared about me. I wore my sin and shame like it was my identity and and allowed others to alter my perspective of who I thought I was. I put my self-worth in the words and actions of those around me. My new life, although I do struggle the odd day, is full of restoration. I have good, healthy relationships with people I never thought I could. I stand here today not only able to forgive my son's father, but I am able to love on him and have a healthy co-parenting relationship with him. My son gets to grow up seeing his parents get along and to be kind towards each other, and he gets to see that we both have a relationship with God, even after everything we went through. I now live a clean, sober life free of alcohol or drugs. 
I define myself by who God says I am, and he is in the center of my world. I have a loving relationship with my family, free of resentment, anger, and bitterness. I have been able to forgive my parents and make amends with them for my destructive behaviors in my past. I have been able to restore relationships that I never thought could be restored. I now have new friendships with others who are also on fire for the Lord and an incredible support team and accountability team to pick me up on the days that I need it. I can stand here as a single mother and say that the void I long to fill for most of my life is now completely filled by Jesus. No matter where I go in life, I have this constant peace knowing that he is on my side and trusting in his plans for me. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. John 14, 27. If you're a newcomer, and maybe you're stuck in the same spot I was years ago, I just want you to know that there is a living hope, and his name is Jesus Christ. There is a God who loves you, despite all your wrongdoings and despite your sin. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Colossians 1, 13 to 14. I know from experience that there is no single place that God won't go to get you. He can reach you anywhere. Nothing is too messy for him and there is no place in your life that he isn't afraid to touch. His plans for you are good and he turns our weaknesses into our strengths. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. You don't need to be perfect or get back to God. You just need to accept him into your heart. Wherever you're at, and he'll meet you there. I needed to reach rock bottom before I opened my heart to him. And it has been a wild ride ever since. I can honestly say that I am thankful that I went through it all. Because it led me to accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior and having an intimate and personal relationship with him. By the grace of God, I am no longer a slave to the things in my life that used to define me. He has freed 